You're listening to From Heaven and Hope, a weekly podcast where Nicole Frazier brings you conversations from those who have been affected by grief. Whether a parent, child, friend, counselor, pastor, or philanthropist, everyone moves through and conquers grief in their own way. We know that what you're facing is a long road, but no matter how dark that road is, there will always be light. There will always be purpose. From where they are in heaven to the hope you need to move forward, we want to help you on that journey. Here is today's episode. Welcome to episode 27 of From Heaven and Hope. Today we're joined by Carrie Driscoll, a widow who transitioned her life following the sudden passing of her husband. She speaks with such conviction and honesty that it's just such a fantastic conversation. So without further ado, here's Carrie. Carrie, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So we connected kind of on TikTok and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself for anybody who's listening, a little bit about your story and why you're here today on From Heaven and Hope. Uh, yeah. So TikTok, I'm not really on TikTok a whole lot, but I, I did love connecting with you. <laughs> yeah. So it has been fun to be there. So my story is I am a widow. I uh, had this transformation uh, because of the loss of my husband. And so now I'm a grief and a widow coach, a life coach, uh, helping others kind of move and process their own grief and find some transformational growth from our loss. In a previous life, I used to be a middle school math teacher. (laughs) So don't hold that against me. (laughs) And, you know, I just, I really wore rose-colored glasses and it was almost kind of toxic positivity. But at the time I thought, yeah, I'm doing everything right. Look at me. And then that's when shit happened. Mm -hmm. Can I say that? Yeah, yeah, go audience. For it. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have asked before we got on. No, but, I yeah. love that about you. I love your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my husband died in 2017. Suddenly, he was a a head high school football coach, and we loved that life. And it just really threw me, and it broke me. And uh, it was I was surprised and unexpected by that. And I know that sounds really silly because, you know, of course, it's your husband. And of course, I was broken, but I didn't expect to be that broken. Because when you marry a high school football coach, you know that you're giving up time with him, like you're allowing him to do this job. So I'm, I was almost kind of like a, a single parent, so to speak, you know, like hunter widows or is a football widow is what you Mm -hmm. are during football season, but football is all year. So I just, I felt like a single parent and uh, a lot of the times and, but we came together really well, but I had my own life and he has his and we came together still. And so I thought if anything were to happen, I'd be okay. And so that's why I say I was surprised that I was so devastated when Eric died and I, but I really was. So I feel like to make a comeback of a, from a significant loss is a story worth sharing. And I needed to hear that. I know that that's why you do this work too. You know, we need to be surrounded and, and hear from people who make the comeback to help give hope to others. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you, like you were, you mentioned that you're a mom. So like you were left with pretty young 
daughters, like in in your whole life was disrupted. So how did you kind of, how did, how did others, I guess, support you? Did they do anything that was super helpful, not helpful at all? Uh, (laughs) Like, did you prefer that people helped or no? Like a lot of people grieve differently. So just, I'm always curious how, how others help in that situation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say yes to both and all of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As most would, I would think. Right. (laughs) So the girls were eight and 11 when he died. We all celebrated birthdays within a month, a month and a half. So quickly they were nine and 12. Same, I mean, same vicinity though. Because of Eric's position in the community as a head high school football coach, because he was so successful and with who he was in the coaching community as well. Like not only are the community that we lived in, but also the coaching community nationwide, everybody knew who we were. Everybody knew our story. It was all over the news. And in one hand, that was a blessing. And in the other, it was a curse because my husband was a big deal. And now it almost was like he was a celebrity, but we weren't prepared for that Yeah, (laughs) because he was just Eric. Like, he threw his dirty underwear at the hamper and missed. Like, <laughs> he's just like everyone else's husband. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but we, we would go out in public and we would hear the murmurs and see the stares. And sometimes strangers came up to us often and gave their condolences and said stupid things. Many people that we love say stupid things. They don't mean to. They're trying to be helpful, but it's a thing. People tilted their heads sideways. I remember going into Ikea one time because I thought, you know what? We're all redoing our rooms. Mm -hmm. They made a new bed. So we went to Ikea to get new bedding, get new beds. And we're standing in line. We did it on a Saturday. So, so stupid. Because we're standing in line and we're standing there and we see all these happy little families with their dads mm-hmm. on a Saturday standing in line. And and we didn't have to say a word. We all knew. So we just kind of held each other standing in line with our stupid little tickets, hating the world. So like on one hand, we needed to get out. <laughs> on the other, we hid. <laughs> yeah. On one hand, we were thankful. I mean... You're thankful for the dishes and the casseroles and the money and the gift cards. But on the other hand, like you would give all of it back, mm-hmm. you know, just to have another day with your person. And it doesn't fucking matter, you know, but at the same time, you're also kind of like, and later, you know, you're kind of like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. want your money. I want my husband back. Yeah. But, you know, months down the road, you're like, but really, thank you for the money. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird thing. I know it is. It's hard to process kind of all those, all those things. So if, so, okay. So flipping the switch then, if you were in that situation, like if you were the one supporting somebody, like a friend who's going through something similar, what were some, what are some maybe like logistical things that you might be able to offer or little nuggets that might be helpful for somebody that would be going through it? Of course, uh, participating in a meal train, helpful. Gift cards, helpful, because I may not want this. I may not want to do that, but, you know, it's nice to have it in your pocket. I remember somebody gave us like a Dave and Buster's gift card, and it was so much fun because it just gave us a night out to forget, you know, and be stupid and playful and not have to worry 
And we went and I was planning on paying for our dinner, but somebody paid for our dinner because they recognized who we were. So we used the whole gift card on tokens. You know what I mean? Like, it just was like, even on a night where we thought we wanted to get out, we had, we were found. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a awesome. Blessing and a curse, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Participating in the meal trains is helpful. Coming over and bringing paper goods, so helpful. Coming over and sitting beside you and saying nothing helpful, listening, helpful, listening when you're tired of listening, helpful. Mm-hmm. We have a need as grievers to to talk and share and tell our story and make sense of everything that doesn't make sense. But mm-hmm. in a way, our warped little minds, because of our broken hearts, can make sense of everything, no matter how stupid it sounds. Yeah. I remember telling a thought to um, my sister-in-law and she was like, don't say that. You don't mean that. In that moment, I did. Yeah. And it made sense to me. So just listen and be quiet and don't dismiss. I mean, she didn't mean to dismiss. No, it's just made her uncomfortable because she's not. Yeah. And so I like that comment, like, listen when you're tired of listening, but also listen when you're, when it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Because sometimes I think people want to avoid, right? They think that's going to be helpful. <laughs> well, not. yeah, because we're in this positive vibes world only. Yeah. Unless you're going through the shit and then you find people like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm True. not the only one. True. <laughs> Thank yeah. God. Yeah. So, okay. So then speaking of that, like you talked about going to Dave Investors, going to Ikea, like Ikea being particularly troublesome and hard. So how did you like reintegrate yourself into your life after loss? What did you do? And how did you encourage your kids to do the same? Because I imagine Um, they had their own process. Yeah. Well, everything is hard. Everything is a reminder. Even when you don't think it's a reminder, it's a reminder. Mm -hmm. Like I listened to rock music because Eric hated rock music. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And so I found myself listening to really hard stuff. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm listening to this because my husband is dead and he didn't like it. So even when it's not a reminder, it's a reminder. So that's yeah. normal. Reentering life, I would say that my kids were probably better at it than I was in the deep throes of grief. Like the house was so sad. Yeah. And I didn't want to leave the house, but the kids were needing some normalcy, wanting it. And, and so they went out with friends a lot. Friends would call and ask me to go out. And I said, no, a lot. I said, but you can bring it to me. So I had lots of Mexican and cheese dip and beers at my house with (laughs) friends because I want to go out, you know? So that was like a stepping stone. And, uh, but everything that you do is going to be uncomfortable and painful. And even when you're surrounded by thousands of people that you love or just a handful of people you love and who love you, like it's lonely and sad and is a, reminds you that your person's not there and you do it anyway yeah and then it's almost like building a muscle like every time yeah it's still hard but I'm still doing it and it slowly over time time doesn't heal everything but it does the muscle does build and you do get better at it yeah yeah Yeah. I totally agree um and like you mentioned too like when did the when did the career change happen? Like when did that sort of make the shift? Was that sort of yeah. shortly after? Was that like a <laughs> mm-hmm. take a while? Did you go back to work as a math teacher? Like how did that well, work? I actually was dreaming the other day about going back to teaching, and I told my kids I had a nightmare. So 
<laughs> well, I used to be a middle school teacher in a previous life. So I wasn't teaching when Eric died. Mm-hmm. I wasn't teaching math anyway. I was teaching video editing and video coaching for solopreneurs at the time. So I was working from home. Okay. I already had an online business, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And to be quite honest, I think I knew that I needed to let that business go pretty quickly after Eric died. Eric and I, we had a great marriage, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. perfect because we're human. And he was a football coach, so he was a workaholic. And I loved my business. It was called Drisco Tech and uh, computer editing. So it was kind of fun. So you know? cute. Yeah, a little obnoxious, but it was great. <laughs> and it was lucrative. And uh, I loved it. And because of that, I also dived deeper into my work. And because of that, Eric dived even deeper into his. And the kids were 8 and 11 when he died. And that is a really hard time in a marriage unless you are being very intentional in your relationship and we weren't. Mm -hmm. So while we had a great marriage, while I know we would have been okay, I do know that we were in a valley in our romantic relationship. And I recognized that and I had to let that business go. It wasn't fulfilling me anymore. Mm -hmm. Luckily, and I know that I was blessed that I was able to take a sabbatical from work for about three years. And um, I really did a lot of soul searching And what did I want to do? And I did more trainings and reading and learning. I mean, I'm a teacher, right? So this is what we do. We learn. Everything is figure outable, even the hard things. And so I learned as much as I could. And I knew I I needed to make a shift. And I knew that I was going to shift into some sort of life coaching for widows. And it just kind of happened in 2020. Like that was was when I finally made the actual shift. Yeah. Yeah. Something about finding like purpose within the pain, right? You you need to kind of like, like dig in there and like. And that previous business had its purpose too, but everything is sometimes for a season. For sure. Yeah. So I I mean, I had a hard time letting it go because like I said, it was lucrative, (laughs) but I needed to because it it was more important that my heart was better. Yeah. Yeah. I need to be better with it. Yeah. So took that as a lesson too. Yeah. And you did, you did like, you did find love again, right? Like you did. Yeah. um, So I've recently married, married. his name is Dave, but we lovingly calling, call him Mr. Match because I met him (laughs) on match.com. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) I actually started dating. Well, that has a lot of story. I was in the... (laughs) was in the public dating let's say that mm-hmm. <laughs> probably two years after Eric died yeah and I really got online to probably find content for my business page <laughs> I thought this will be fun I'm yeah. 40 I have no filter I'm a widow I got two kids I got a dead husband with big shoes to fill. I mean, you can't fill shoes, but you you know what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, I'm going to find some great content <laughs> to share online. And it actually, I mean, it was fun too, because I also got to meet some people, people I wouldn't have met otherwise. And everyone that I actually like met in person is not any of, none of them were bad. They were all great people. They just weren't my forever people, right? Mm-hmm. And Dave, my husband now, was the fourth first date that I had. Wow. Yeah. And he is a widower. 
And so it's kind of funny, like I was on match.com and apparently I'd scrolled through it, the whole thing. <laughs> and match was like, Carrie, you're done. We haven't, we haven't found a match for you. So you either need to lower your standards or expand your search. <laughs> so I expanded my search. Dave lived about an hour away from me. Yeah. And uh, I remember our first date. He was cute. He, um, but there was, we were telling about our stories because we both knew that we were widows. And as I'm telling the story of Eric, Dave's face changes. Him and his wife were watching the news and she called him in because he was getting a glass of water and said, Dave, come in here and watch this. This woman and her children, her husband just died. And together they watched our story on the news and thought it was so sad. And then a year later, she died. And then that next year, he got on match and I snatched him up. (laughs) (laughs) And was there any, like, like, how did you feel? Like, when did you and how did you know you felt comfortable to sort of like let that start to happen with anybody? Like you, you pursued it online, right? And then was there any conflict of emotion there, right? Because you're, it's it's not like a a divorce where you're like, (laughs) we're not in love anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Dating as a widow is not easy. Dating a widower or someone who's been widowed, not easy. But, and the the conflicted feelings, oh God, yeah, (laughs) all over the place. Yeah. And um, even as good as I am, that I know that I am because I've done so much heart work and healing. I mean, just the other day, my kids and I were crying Friday night, you know, the back to school. I think we've got some circumstances going on with some robbery that had just happened and be back to school, all these feelings, plus the girls were on their periods. And, uh, you know, football season isn't such, I mean, we gotta be real here. I mean, it's, well, we're all women, everybody's women that listens to this podcast. So it's no big deal. Yeah. And Eric is being a football coach and you see all that stuff. And Rachel's a senior and she's going back to the school that Eric graduated and taught at. So all these feelings are, are encompassing us right now. And then one of the kids said, and Dave had said something or done something that annoyed the girls because we're human. And one of the girls said, Dave's not even supposed to be here. And I was like, yeah, he's not. Yeah. But he is. There's always a little bit of, you know, complicated emotions from both sides of the spectrum. You know, and you don't want to compare, but you do compare. But I don't feel like when I compare Dave to Eric, it's like, Eric was better at this. Dave was better at this. It was like, oh, Eric would have handled this like this. Mm-hmm. Or he would have laughed such and such off. It's not like who's better. It's not yeah. system. Yeah. I mean, you can't help but do that. No. But then also, I mean, it's, we're human. But then also, like coming to the realization that I will always love two men, and that's okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's you've got to get to a point like that. Like, and sometimes I get sad and I miss Eric and it, the communication to Dave. And Dave knows that Dave is selling in the middle of selling his house. We should be done with it soon, you know. And he walked through his empty house just yesterday, and I asked about his heart. How's your heart right now? Like, mm-hmm. is there anything that I can do for you? And he was like, "I'm I'm good. I feel really good. I'm just saying goodbye to it and mm-hmm. walking walking every spot and." So yeah, it's always going to be complicated, but yeah, there's that little bit of guilt too. Like, how can I do that? Like, 
when you feel like you're cheating on your person. Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing too. Yeah, I would imagine. I know my uh, grief therapist when I first started dating in secret. Because that's <laughs> the thing too. Widows do that too. So when you date in secret and then when you date in the public. <laughs> but I remember my grief therapist said, till death do you part. Yeah. And I did. But that doesn't mean that the relationship ends. Like Eric is still my husband, but he's not here on earth. And I'm seeking an, an earthly partner while I'm still here. Yeah. And that's what Dave is. Yeah. And I imagine there's probably mutual respect for both of those, right? Because you're both coming from a similar yeah. circumstance. And that's right? such a gift. Oh my God. That's such a, I mean, the things you hear from people when, when you're starting to date, mm-hmm. well, I don't know how I can compete with the ghost of Eric Driscoll. And I was like, well, that's kind of fucked up to say, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Said that. <laughs> yeah. There is no, yeah. You will never compare. You're yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just hard. You know, uh, yesterday I got a gift in the mail from Etsy. Well, I had it made. So I, my recent purchase. And uh, like I said, we just got married. Dave and I just got married. So it's a, a wooden sign, kind of farmhouse style. And I have our wedding dates on it. So yeah. I have Dave and Michelle's wedding date and Dave and Michelle. And then I have Eric and I's wedding date, Eric and Carrie. And then I have Dave and I's. Mm-hmm. And it says Dave and Carrie. And it's in the kitchen on the plant window. And uh, I think we do a really good job at integrating both of our lives Mm -hmm. from previous and now too. Yeah. I was going to ask that. Like, how do you keep your your late husband's memory alive, like for yourself and for your girls, but also maintaining like the strong family foundation with your current like living husband? Like, so I guess that's a good example of it is just mutual respect for... Yeah. I mean, our hallway, in the hallway, we have photos, like that's where we do our family photos. And I have pictures. I have one photo of Dave and his wife. I have one photo of Eric and I, and then I have one photo of Dave and I together. And uh, in and around all of that is pictures of our kids and or kids with their dead parent. And I've really, I think it's such a beautiful thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is really nice. It's really nice to be able to have yeah. like uh, respect and like fond memories and and things moving through yeah. as opposed to some kind of like holding on to the good as opposed to absolutely you no know, you know and thing yeah and things come up and you know Dave and I talk about him and he hears it and mm-hmm. one time I remember I told him are you are you tired of hearing like should I not talk about Eric when we were dating mm-hmm. and Dave said something along the lines of, I love hearing about him because then I get to learn more about you. Yeah. And I thought, Hmm, I love that. That's a great, that's a great way that he would support you and allow you to yeah. feel, feel yeah. the space to feel that loss, but also and love. Right. Right. Just love. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, so that being said, why don't we talk a little bit about what you're doing now? Like what kind of work you do now and, and, did you identify a need for it? Like what, like, how did that come about? And then what is it? And where and do all people the find you? Yeah. <laughs> like people that are listening to this are people that are looking for yeah. support or friends that don't know how to cope. So I love, yeah. I love when people use it, use the experience for something. Yeah. Like, well, I know like for me, I wanted, because of Eric's, uh, who he was in the community, I didn't want to work with somebody local. I wanted to be able to bash 
myself, Eric, family, friends, the community. <laughs> Eric donated so much of his time to other people's kids and how dare he, but also he was supposed to, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. needed a, a safe place for that. So I worked with a grief therapist online and that was really, really helpful. And then I, I even spoke with uh, someone from my church and she was like, oh, you know, maybe you should come to our group support. And uh, I was like, well, I mean, what's that like? And she's like, oh, you'd love it. We have somebody who's been in there for eight years. And I thought, I'm not the kind of person who wants to be in grief therapy for eight years. Like I need to get my shit together as best as I can. And as quickly as I can, because I got two kids mm -hmm. who need. And so I went on a search of healing. That's how I used that sabbatical time, you know, trying to figure things out for myself. And as a teacher, that's what we do. We try everything's figure outable. I can figure it out. Yeah. I, after all the things that I did and all the things I learned, like I thought I was doing really, really well. And then I stumbled upon um, one more resource that I hadn't heard before. And it was called the grief recovery. And I thought, well, everything else has helped. I'm going to try this one too. <laughs> and this is the thing that was the game changer for me. So I knew I was going to go into this industry, you know, to help people in their darkest of days like I needed, but I, I, I hadn't found the thing, mm -hmm. right? I hadn't made the thing. I hadn't found the thing to make the thing. It just, and so I was like, I'm still in the learning process. And so I got certified as an advanced grief re recovery methods specialist. And then I got certified as a life coach for widows. Now, the work that I do with grief recovery, I love because it's been around for over 40 years. Colleges study it because of its effectiveness and it's done in seven sessions. Not <laughs> and eight <we> years. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is what I need. Like, check, check. Like, this is just who I am. Like, let's do all these things. I'm going to put 110% into it and I'm going to be better. That is what I need. That doesn't mean I'm at my best. Mm -hmm. It means I'm better than where I was. And everything that you do helps you get better to where you were. But I needed help processing. Plus, the day that Eric died, I was really struggling with some regret, deep regret. The day that Eric died, I thought to myself, and it's not the first time I thought it, but I thought very clearly to myself, God knows if anything were to happen to Eric, I'd be okay. Because look at me right now. I do everything by myself now anyway. Mm. And then two hours later, I got a phone call. Eric, hurry quick. Eric's not breathing. And I never saw him alive again. And so in a way, I thought God was punishing me or I had manifested Eric's death. Like you couldn't convince me otherwise. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to have to carry this shit to my grave mm -hmm. that I did this that I did this to my kids, that I did this to my life. And I thought when I was living at 100%, that was 100%. Yeah. And then Eric died and my new 100% is like 70. Yeah. Like everything that I do is going to be a little bit sad because I manifested Eric's death. So when I found this program, the grief recovery, that is the thing that got me over the plateau. That took my scale of... 100% back to 100% and not the new 70%. Yeah. It helped me rid that regret. And so doing this program, I was like, I'm not changing anything. <laughs> it is perfect the way that it is. I did it in seven sessions and look at me, like I feel so much more alive. Like I remember I slept really well that night. I took a shower in the morning. I went to the closet and I'm like, what am I going to wear today? 
And then I thought, holy shit, I actually care about what I'm going to wear today. Like that's new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you you don't get that unless you get it. And we don't want you to have to get that. But I mean, it was a big deal. I walked out of the grocery store with two bags of groceries and I thought, I think I just like struck up a conversation with the cashier lady, like small talk. And I meant it. Yeah. Like that is new. <laughs> yeah. So that I, I do grief recovery work, which helps you process your grief to get past pains, regrets, and guilts so that you can live a more vibrant, happier life. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you learn a tool where you can work on any other kind of loss in your life or any that come up in your future, because loss and grief is not just associated with death and divorce, but a lot of people may, I mean, mainstream media has taught that to us. So there's a lot of stuff that we bury underneath the rug that we just need to dig out. So I help people do that. And then I have a second program called the Rebeginning. And the rebeginning is new. It just came out, but it's kind of been work on of all the things of, okay, I'm better. I'm healed. Now what? Yeah. Like life is, life has changed for me. I mean, kind of like my life has changed for me and it's come from experience, things that I've learned as a life coach with widows, with clients, with myself. I've done all of it before. Um, it's so good, but it offers video training, uh, group coaching, and a private community of other rebeginners. And so, like when when you say I made such and such phone call, like mm-hmm. we are encouraging and loving on them because we all know what that one phone call means. Yeah. When everybody else might be like, it's just a phone call. Yeah. No, it's not just it's a good, phone call because when you're rebeginning. Yeah, it's a huge victory. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that new program as well. So I offer two programs, Grief Recovery and then the Rebeginning. Yeah. Yes. And you can find me at carriedriscoll.com. Mm-hmm. I am very active on Facebook, semi-active on Instagram, kind of <laughs> active on <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> More than me. <laughs> I'm glad that we, re- we connected that way, though. Yeah. Well, my kids are on it. And so, you know, you kind of got to monitor them. Yeah. And I'm like, I should use this. Like, this looks fun, but yeah, I don't do the silly dances and shit. So, yeah. Yeah. No, no. I'm not into that either. Yeah. Okay. So, like, with that, do you have any, like, any resources that you found helpful, like books or, or podcasts, oh, yeah. Bible versus anything that you want to share? Maybe like just off the cuff, maybe that you would recommend? Yeah. Okay. So, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but none of them are widows. None of them are for that. Like true crime. Right. (laughs) It's more business oriented. Uh, But for, for your listeners, I would say some of my favorite books are The Sudden Lost Survival Guide. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. Hold on. Chelsea Hansen is the author. Uh, Life After Loss is another good one. Hold on. Bob Dietz. I've got him right here. (laughs) That's okay. We'll list it. We'll list them on the show notes too. So like oh, people perfect. can like click on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, second first is a really good one too. Uh, okay. by Christina something. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll find it. I'm not going to butcher her name. Yeah. And of course the grief recovery handbook. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And then, so why don't like to sort of close out, why don't we, why don't I just ask you? So when you today in 2022, this happened in 2000, 
17, right? Yeah, five and a half years. years. Like when you think about your husband, like your late husband today, what what do you feel? What is it? How do you feel? It's a great question. (laughs) Yeah. I feel warm. I mean, I also feel sad because I miss him. I mean, you're always going to miss your person. Right. And now you're getting me to tear up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you always miss your person. I just, I really feel like, God, he's going to really miss out on a lot this year. You know, I have one graduating and one as a freshman, but uh, I feel really warm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Glad it happened. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then um, I guess just any, anything else you want to add before we, before we close it out today? I'm so glad you do this. (laughs) Thanks. People need, people need what you share. So I'm glad that you do this. I'm not a podcaster, but I mean, I'll show up, but I don't do the podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) But people need this. So thank you. Wow. Thank you. This is a really, I love this conversation. I'm so glad we connected and I'm excited to see more of what you put out there. I was I was actually reading a post the other day that you put on about, about makeup or I was like reading that post about you said grief and makeup and like how that made you feel. And when you were talking about standing in front of the closet and feeling like I can do this, I was like, oh, I yeah. totally relate to that. Just like God, like, yeah. You know. Yeah. I forgot I wrote that blog post about yeah. I did I did put makeup on almost yeah. Well not all the time, but when I did it was like a self-care ritual. Yeah. Yeah. It feels alive. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you feel better. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I'm so excited for everybody to hear this conversation and uh, learn more about you, Carrie. Good. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to From Heaven and Hope. If you found today's episode comforting, encouraging, and enlightening, I encourage you to leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Please take care and know that you're never alone in this journey.